Everybody, welcome back. This is the Nonsense Podcast, episode 11. Today we're joined by Carl Killer, who uh, has performed in many bands. He's been in Casting Call, Callaway, The Zoo, Keep Flying, Not a Phase, and a little bit of What Makes Sense. Um, and also, I'm always, as as usual, I'm joined by Adam Rebelard and uh, Avery Avello. So, Carl, just to get things started, is your real last name Killer? <laughs> uh, no, actually. Yeah, yeah, it, is. it actually I'm... is. Uh, Good. No, I, I question really all the time. Every basically every phone call that I've ever made to any like, I call my doctor and I'm just like, wait, is that your real last name? Like, yes, no. I've been I've been lying on my medical records for the last 28 <laughs> years of my life. <laughs> the driver's license me. You're the fake. first one to catch me. So yeah, it is my actual last name. That's so incredible. <laughs> so basically, you're telling me you were born to play hard music. Uh, yes, that's what I'm gathering from this. <laughs> I was I was born to do something. With the last name Killer, you're kind of like given this expectancy. It's like you need to do something. You've even got like that superhero thing going on too, with the same letter first name as a last name. You yeah. got the double K there. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, it's definitely, you know, that's actually everybody in my, uh, on my dad's side of the family. So the killer family, uh, everybody oh, so starts sick. with like a K or like a C. So it's Craig killer, Kenny killer, Kenneth killer, Car- uh, Carol, Kenner, uh, killer, like everybody, Carrie killer. Yep. Your family's Dude. name's like a giant tongue twister. It's, if you it's, say it's them a, all together. It's like a black metal band. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so sick. <laughs> um, but Carl, yeah. so. I know, obviously, you know these guys. You were um, the who, original who drummer of <laughs> a- a- Avery and Adam. These, these well-adjusted human beings. What? Yeah, no, yeah. no, no, right no. Here. Wait, We've I, never I met might before. Be the wrong, I might be in the wrong pad, podcast. Where am I? We're, <laughs> we're not in public. You don't have to pretend that you don't know them. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I know them. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so it's pretty cool to be talking to the guy you will hear on everything that's been published so far for what makes sense. Um, how did you get involved in that project? Uh, well, it was, it's, it's not as complicated as you really think. It was just, um, what was it? I just, I've just known Adam, uh, for a while from various bands, uh, that I used to play with, uh, with, I think it was specifically Callaway, my, uh, my latest original band, but I mean, we, we, Callaway hasn't done anything in a while though. Um, so we played some shows together and then I recorded drums for one of my other friends bands and Adam just heard the way that it was. He hit me up and just said, you know, we want you on these tracks and, uh, I'm, I'm a yes guy. So no matter who asked me, I will totally be like, what, what am I doing? Like, yes, sure. Okay. And then, <laughs> and then I'll ask. You know what are we? What are we actually doing? I love yeah. That. So like even oh. Adam uh, hit me up recently, and it was uh, it was just, hey, do you want to record some more stuff? And I said yes before I even looked at what songs or anything. I just said yes, I'll do it. <laughs> that, well, nothing better than that. I guess that's pretty easy. <laughs> <laughs> so, how did you guys? When did you guys first meet? And what band were you in at the time? I think face to face that was with uh with Callaway. Um 
You remember the first first time we met those at Warp Tour, and I accidentally told you casting call was shit. Wow. <laughs> Do you remember that? Wow. We were oh, at Warp Tour. I don't remember that. That's awesome. We, we were at Warp. <laughs> we were at Warp Tour, and I first of all, I loved casting calls. I was super into Easy Core at the time. Yeah, they're, they're pretty good. And I, I came up to you. I think it was it was definitely Alex and Matt. Yeah, I think you were there too. Probably. And I went to I, I wanted to be like, oh man, you guys are the shit. But I actually said, oh, man, you guys are shit. <laughs> Perfect. So that, that no, was that, the first that was time we met. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't I don't. So they, that's the funny thing is that, like, I, I don't really uh, remember that because, like, I, if somebody actually came up and said, like, your band was shit, I would have remembered that. <laughs> <laughs> I would have like, really remembered that. But somebody coming up and just being like, oh, you guys are. You guys are shit. I mean, huh. like, <laughs> I knew what you meant. It was such just like a normal. Uh, well, I can't say normal thing. It's not like we had flocks of people always coming up to me and like, oh, my God, you guys are shit. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I stopped. Was... I stopped telling people that they were the shit after that in fear that it might happen again. Yeah. Like the, <laughs> the word is done. The shit. The shit. I was like, you know, what? I can't put myself in that position again. So I stopped saying it. Yeah. So, Carl, yeah. you guys played Warp Tour then. Did you play a lot of stops locally, or did you kind of follow the whole thing? It was all local. We um, we were going to kind of follow Warp Tour. Um, we were going to follow it in the following years, but then it just never really worked out. We were all kind of uh, later into our careers, and we just couldn't commit to that much time being out on the road. And then also by that time, too, is that Warp Tour was starting to shut down. So it was right around that time mm. with Callaway. As far as it was with uh, with Casting Call, uh, band before Callaway, um, that band we actually met up with uh, Warp Tour in St. Louis, I believe it was. We were all the way out in St. Louis for like Fourth of July, and it just happened that we were out there, and we followed it for, I think, a day or two after that, but. Uh, so Cast and Call had also played Warp Tour. Callaway also played Warp Tour. Um, so I played Warp Tour twice, and both of them were local. Both of them were in Hartford, Connecticut. Okay, awesome. So are you from there originally, and have stayed in Connecticut for the most part? Yeah, I've always been in uh, a Connecticut, you know, Connecticut local. Um, you know, grew up grew up in various towns around the Southern Connecticut area, but. Um, the bands I've always played in played Southern Connecticut, Northern. I mean, Connecticut's not a very big state. Let's be real here. You know, an hour in any direction and you're out of the state. Um, so, yeah, I've always been in Connecticut. But I played regionally, East Coast, out to Texas. And we did a tour out to um, California and back as well. Wow, that's awesome. Um as for like Connecticut, I know it's a it's a hard to read state. I I went to college there at <laughs> UConn. Um, my mom's actually from Connecticut too. Yeah. But um, you know what's the what's the music scene like there? Like where where would you go to find music? Is it Hartford? I know Wallingford also has um, you know a few stops. They have that big uh, center there and all that. But um, yeah, what would you say like as for you know if a, if I'm a local band like where do you typically find those gigs? Um, so I've been kind of out of the, the, the game for a little while. 
as far as it goes for uh, what the music scene is, well, uh, original bands, original bands, because uh, my new band that I've been working with for the past year, uh, The Zoo, it's a cover band. And the cover band scene is like, I can tell you more about the cover band scene right now than the local band scene. Um, But who wants to hear about that? (laughs) it's, It's covers it's fun it's interesting yeah it's interesting it pays the bills um, you you do have some great stories from it though oh oh my god yeah you know but it's it's playing covers original stuff like my heart is has always been in in original stuff but you know as a full-time touring session drummer is that you know you have to you have to be professional about it and take any kind of opportunities that really come along your way including doing uh cover cover gigs uh because that's what is honestly very steady money and that's something that's hard to find as a musician is just steady money and going out to places and, and consistently um, being paid and taken care of where uh, you also have usually really good crowds. Whereas Connecticut, un- unfortunately, seems to be uh, a bl- more or less a black hole of a lot of, of music lately, um, as far as I can kind of tell, is that you don't really see too much of it. Um, but I would say that Connecticut has always kind of had a huge hardcore and metal uh, thing because I mean, like one of Connecticut's oh, yeah, biggest bands, yeah, Connecticut's uh, one of their their like hometown heroes for bands is um, why can't I think of the band name? Uh, Occurrence? No, Hatebreed. Oh, oh, oh really? You're right. You're right. I always forget they're from. Connecticut. Yeah, uh, Jamie Josta is like he used to come to my music studio all the time with his kids for for uh, for vocal lessons and stuff for his oh, wow. for his, for his uh, little, I think his daughter. Yeah. So okay. yeah, they used to come down all the time. <laughs> the, so the drummer, the drummer Matt is friends with this guy I work with. Is actually Matt is apparently getting married in Florida this year, and the guy I work with is going to the wedding. So yeah. I thought that was a yeah. So like all those hatebreed guys and like the people who were around. The Hatebreed people, they would all come into my, like, into uh, the old studio I used to work at in West Haven. And uh, so, it, so, I mean, that's just the hometown heroes. But as far as the, the music scene goes around here, is that it, there's always been a huge hardcore and, uh, and, and metal kind of following here in Connecticut. Um, everything else, it, it seems to struggle a little bit more is and and it's really unfortunate. I, I mean, I'm just talking from Callaway and even casting call before that uh, casting call was around Oh nine to, I believe uh, 2012. And then Callaway was like 2014. I think it was. So we were really kind of riding the tail end of the easy core kind of thing with, with, um, with casting call you know they have the big pop punk 2000s like early to mid 2000s so we were just kind of on the the outside of that um outside of that wave but um so sorry getting back to your original question yeah. <laughs> is um in hartford there's places like the webster that still do all right uh new haven has yeah there's toads yeah, there right yeah toads but this is the thing is that 
Toads isn't what it used to be is that they really kind of only cater to their uh, their main clientele, which are mostly Yale students, and we call them Yaleys. Uh, they, all, <laughs> they all come from money, and they all want to listen to, uh-huh. and they all want to listen to EDM. Oh, so it's Shane just, gave me a name of a few local places there that were pretty good, and for the life of me, I can't remember the names. Yeah, so that's the thing is that there used to be a lot that I could rattle off to you, but now there's not as many where that are actually uh, taking, you know, smaller on tour places uh new haven there's a place called state house so i would actually say new haven would have a good amount of smaller places but you have to be willing to play later sets and playing in bars and stuff or the crunch house right right (laughs) which is a ordeal in itself that is not a house crunch house is not a house that's very misleading (laughs) if i had to explain so so aaron's never been to crunch house and for anyone who hasn't been to crunch house the best way to explain the crunch house i want to go to no you don't it's an awesome name no you really don't so like you like walk down like (laughs) no i do alleyway you might get shanked yeah Yeah, like you like walk down this alleyway and you go around like this little corner and there's like a little fenced in area yeah, and the only and, reason that you know that it's then there, like, that's where the party is because there's, like, 20 people out front doing keg stands usually. <laughs> and those 20 people won't nope. fit into the room. Nope. No. No, it's literally it's literally a practice space. It's it, my, I, I'm pretty sure my bedroom might be bigger. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. I think it's only, uh, I think it's only maybe 10 by 15. Like, yeah, and there's, and there's a couch in there. Oh my god! Yeah, it's all it's, hard. it's insane. Yeah, it's all cement walled in, and so like once you get a band set up in there with equipment and yeah. PA and stuff, is that you can probably fit only ten to fifteen, like ten people. I'm just gonna say ten people. Is that anything more than that? And it's uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. so friends and family, <laughs> and that's and, like, definitely you, you sell merch the outside. Foot zone. And you, it, <laughs> yeah, and you have to sell merch outside. So like, if you do it and it's raining, it's fucking terrible because you can't sell merch. Is that like a real venue? Is it like the yeah, no, you can look it up. and everything? No, but yes. You, okay. can't, you can't see me do my squinty eyes right now. It's uh, no, but yes. There's like an air quotes around it. Well, like if we had to explain it's it, it's a punk place. They don't list. They don't list their um, their address around anywhere. So it's it's a very punk place. Is that in order to get there, you need to know how to get there. You need to know somebody who knows where it is. That's like uh, this place we played in Philadelphia called the G Spot, mm. which, funny enough, <laughs> a lot of people had a lot of trouble trying trying to find it. Yeah, and yeah. we did too. <laughs> yeah, we ended up at some billboard. That's kind of old, but I don't know. There's there's a joke in there somewhere. Oh yeah, yeah. None of the all male sick realization when we were 45 minutes away on the other <laughs> side of Philadelphia. Nine, yep. out of, nine out of ten guys can't find the G Spot. Nope. And literally, and we weren't the only band who got lost. So you know, I think we're pretty close to the ten yeah. mark there. <laughs> I found it incredible that we were both going to the same spot, but we got lost in two completely different locations on either side of Philadelphia. Street names are the same, okay? My GPS got confused. <laughs> oh Avery's like, God. "All right, it's gonna be right here on your left." I'm like, "Dude, that's a billboard." <laughs> yep, and that's why you write in zip codes. Um, remember the times when, uh, remember the times where, like, before we all had handheld GPSs, and it would have to be just printed out pages huh. from MapQuest. 
Oh god, those were dangerous. I had to say, those I never really days. had to do those because, like, yeah, I, I, I did early very... days of you driving. I remember it's like I just got my car, and that's how I still like got around to places is printing out directions. <laughs> I was one of those people. You could be like, yo, <laughs> like, I must have printed like a hundred sheets. Nobody would ever, nobody somebody. would ever be able to find the, the, that venue, ev- like ever. Uh-uh. I used to be pretty. I used to be pretty good. Like, you would be like, lost in Philly for years. I used to be pretty good. Like you'd be like, go up here, and make a left, and I'd be like, all right, go up here, and make a left. Design. I used to be pretty good with stuff like that. As I've gotten GPS, so I, I can't do shit like that anymore because it's I've become too reliant on it. Yeah, I challenge myself every now and again where I I try to only use the <laughs> GPS once, and then I don't use the GPS to get and find my way. Well, like, I was out. thinking about this in quarantine the other day when I was like. 16, 17, probably up to about like 19 years old. Like, I'd be sitting home on a Sunday, I'd be like, fuck it. And I would just go drive around, get lost, listening to music, and find my way back. Like, I, I, I yeah. was thinking about that today. Like, now, but now I think about that, I'm like, yeah, I don't feel like the urge to do that. But, like, well, Adam, there's like three roads in it. Well, that's why I went to different towns, obviously, <laughs> man. <laughs> I used to go, I used to go, like, all. Well, I, I used to go, I used to go like 40 minutes it. out from home, so, you know. Yeah, I was gonna say the last time I was out there, there's not really many roads out there. Yeah, nope. Aaron, Aaron, Eddie, and Nick still yeah, can find still it. Yeah, they still got freaking lost. And two, yeah. two of the three were already here. Yeah, wasn't wasn't <laughs> on me. Was not on me. Anyways, uh, Carl, I actually wanted to get to this. Yeah. Um, Adam mentioned something oh, I gotta about. Go. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Mom made totally dark. You gotta get out of here. Uh, all right, we. I respect your time. <laughs> no, no, no. No, please. I'm um, sorry. <laughs> no, I don't want to ask it now. Um, <laughs> but Adam mentioned something about MTV in your van winning the contest oh. for that. <laughs> okay. Let's hear everything about all you, right, Carl. Right. <laughs> oh my lord! <laughs> yeah, he told me about your sleep schedule too, man. Mm-hmm. You should, you should, should really I be changing my passwords on all my stuff? <laughs> <laughs> going on Google right now, James. Let's just say that I got more yeah. than Thanks. one stimulus package, all right? Ooh. <laughs> I was wondering where my went. What the hell? Let the man talk. Oh, Which man? Which man? All you, buddy. Oh, me. The only man on, Carl, obviously. <laughs> all right, piped out, kids. Let me tell you a story. Uh, so, uh, MTV. So, this happened... Before I have to say honestly is that this happened before I was a member in the zoo, um, because the band the zoo has been around for twenty five twenty. It has been around since MTV was actually they played music still. So, right when they still played music twenty, you know, however long ago. So, uh, the zoo was part of a an MTV pretty. I would actually say pretty early on into their um into their career was they were asked to be part of like mtv was like all right we have a pilot show we want to try this out it's the like best cover band in america type thing and the zoo uh was a part of it and i think how that really even came about is the band was playing a private party basically once a month down on long beach island uh in in long island and one of the neighbors, I think, was like the reality TV, uh, how like one of the reality TV houses. 
So it was either Long oh, wow. Island or, or Long Beach Island in New Jersey. It was one of them. But the neighbors were, you know, whatever the – not Jersey Shore. the real world at the time the, I've ever seen. Yeah, exactly. I think it was like – Just dated myself there. <laughs> right. So they um, – so they were playing out outside next to these guys and they were like, Oh, the producers came over and said, you guys are awesome. And they kept coming over once a month until they made friends with them. And then they said, Hey, listen, we're like, I caught wind of us doing this other reality show type thing where we have cover bands and bringing them in. Anyways, to bring this, this story to, to, to wrap here is that they were asked to do it. And, um, they, Ended up not actually taking first place, but they took runner up in the event, but they still won a cash prize on it. So the band that won first place is called The Nerds. I think that's the name of the hmm. band. They're called The Nerds. And I think they're actually from like the Philly area or, or somewhere around there. Um, now, if if you ask my, my singer and, and the other members who were actually in the band at the time is that they said is uh, it must have been rigged or something. But uh, so the other ones, they ended up actually taking the, the first plot uh, first prize, but that doesn't look, that doesn't look as good on, on banners saying like, Oh, MTV's reality show runner up winners or cash. Unless you're Bill Bison's American Idol. Right. Yeah. So, so our singer Randy, he is really good at marketing. So he will definitely he he's been milking that that MTV thing for a while, and it, and it works because that's sometimes how people actually remember us. Is that he doesn't say like we're the one hundred percent winner of it. He usually writes down in places that we were the cash prize winner. Uh, smart marketing uh, is what it is. So sne- very sneaky, smart marketing. sneaky, very sneaky. So what was like the first prize? What did they get? I forgot because I, I don't even you... think they <laughs> because it, the thing only lasted one year. Oh, they got like some type of um, some type of like, I think, larger amount of money and then um, a lot of promotion and they worked with, and they got them hooked up in the, like in the music industry, basically. Wow. On a, a lot of, like on a bigger national scale. And they got a lot of work out of it. But this was also a different time where cover bands were, um, you know, they, well, music, I would actually have to say is that music in general was one of the biggest, was still a huge thing because uh, DJs weren't widely available. You didn't just have to have a Spotify playlist in mm-hmm. order to, you know, for some, because I mean, I'll say this is that there's some DJs out there who really know what they're doing and I give them mad respect for that. But then there's other people out there who are just pressing play on, I, like I'll take Some heat for this. I don't book. care. Yeah. Yeah. DJ press the late nineties, yeah. early two thousands. though, were really like a heyday because, for like, cover bands. If I had to say, yeah. Cause like, I'll, I'll be honest is that I've, I've worked at some weddings before and the bride and groom or like the father of the bride will come up and say like, Oh, we want you to play for another hour or two. And it's like, we already have, everything wrapped up and they cry like there's still a crowd there and they said like oh no no keep the dj going we didn't have a dj to begin with it's like sure 
I'll press play on my Spotify playlist for an extra. How much do you want to give me? Like four hundred dollars? Sure, I'll stick around for an extra four hundred dollars an hour. <laughs> And press play on an iPad. Really putting that uh, Spotify premium to work. We had some drunk girl come up and say, hey, why'd you stop? And I was like, because we're out of songs. She goes, we'll play the same ones again. So, you know, it could have been that. (laughs) (laughs) It don't work like that. Yeah. So the zoo, I will say this, is that I I, I don't know if they can 100% say that they were the originals on this, but I know that they were one of the leaders in this is – with using backing tracks for for cover bands it's because like we're talking you know mid in the in the 90s honestly take it i think they said uh randy always jokes about it actually is that he says that their first show was the day that uh oj simpson was a great day (laughs) wow yeah same day (laughs) it's memorable so that's how long does he attribute his success to oj's arrest it's like listen we were so good that people didn't even watch news coverage of the o'day of the oj trial it was their first first show let's let's be real yeah they didn't even know what was going on yeah but the zoo was one of the first people first cover bands to actually use backing tracks and this was before there were there was an easy way uh, to basically everybody has a home studio now. There's actually even uh, websites completely dedicated to just making backing tracks that just have, um, you know, if you're only a five-piece band and you don't have, you know, a a line of trumpet players to choose from, <laughs> is that you can just have a backing track or like a, a click track to play to and you have those that those instruments then available to you. And it's really, it's really convenient to be able to fill, fill out your sound while keeping the amount of people in your band down so that way you don't have as many mouths to feed. Well, I mean, we played our first show. Um, we didn't have Aaron yet. And uh, Chris, Chris, Chris Paquette had sent us all the, uh, the bass stuff, and uh, Eddie and Nick were able just to make a backtrack, and we just backtracked the bass for that first show. Mm-hmm. Right, but do you think you would be able to do that in 1995? That's, that, right. Well, I was, I was kind of more feeding off of like what you were saying, like what bad tracks have become, like what you're able to do with them. Like, yeah, I could go up. Oh, there. Yeah. I was listening. So, yeah, no. So just now, imagine is that it? So I think the first backing tracks the zoo ever used were. Um, remember those mini CDs, the yes. mini discs? Yeah, it was like kind of that step between the uh, the floppy disk and the CD. Right, as that weird step, that step in yeah. between, right? That, what the hell were those called? Yeah. Mini discs, yep. I think. Hey, that was yeah. just it. <laughs> yeah, I think it was just a mini disc. And <laughs> that is what all of the backing tracks from like a mini disc cassette player, basically. Uh, so like a home stereo thing is that you would have to load up each song and somebody would have to go back there and like basically press play on that and you'd hope that you'd be in the right spot basically it's just so where nowadays is that with my backing track i have everything up on my ipad and it's just everything is a one button and it's like i have it so my one button says what song it is and like what the bpm is and you know it's so much different than basically imagine your your 90s uh cd player 
and that's what you had going through a loudspeaker playing to two thousand yeah, like something people. Like have like a full. <laughs> you like talk about stress. Yeah, like both <laughs> you had like a full pro yeah. tool session going in the background, everything like EQ'd and lined up and everything. It's insane. Yeah. Nope. Now you yeah. just have a catalog yeah. of mini discs. <laughs> <laughs> so, Carl, yeah. what kind of music do you guys cover? You know, what are some of the songs? The the list Everything. is far easier to, yeah, the f- list is easier to say what we don't play. Uh, so, <laughs> I'm sure. We, um, so, hold on, I'm actually pulling up. The, there's so many songs, that, there's a paralyzing amount of songs. Well, I can add in there, when Avery and I saw you guys in Connecticut, you guys went from doing Biggie into doing Sum 41. Yep. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> Dude, I want that at my wedding. We do weddings. <laughs> Fuck yes. You're a, you're a luxer. <laughs> Aaron first um, needs to propose to me. Then we'll get married. So we're yeah, I will. I'll just propose to somebody. Oh, to I, I didn't realize I was somebody. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> Not you. So we, um, I think I know about three hundred to four hundred songs on command. Um, Holy shit! But we're constantly changing things up so our set is never the same so as far as it goes for like demand of musicians it's pretty rigorous because our singer does not give us a set list ahead of time we get a set list as we're walking up onto stage remember you so there's no time to prepare so sometimes there's a song that we haven't played in three months and it's, so it's very it, – you have to keep yourself sharp. I find myself uh, kind of panicking if I, if I don't go – like if I have a week where I don't have a show and I'm not practicing the songs in between is that I worry. It's just, okay, I know he's going to call out the one that I haven't practiced in three months. It's like studying for an exam. I remember when you were recording <laughs> with us, you, it was right when you were joining them, and you had to like – you did like this like oh, mashup yeah. or something, it was like a sixty minute mashup of like all different songs nonstop or something yeah. like that. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so this is so I said I know about 300, 400 songs. Let me correct myself. Three hundred to four hundred parts of songs is that the zoo only plays the best parts of every single song. Is that very rarely do we play a song in its entirety. Kind of just like the way that like a DJ on a, on a radio is that it's just constant music the entire time and it switches up from one thing to another and it's all mashed up, is that that's what we do. Is that if I wait two, one second, I would actually say is that one time I've waited two seconds to grab my water bottle before hitting the next backing track, I will get a glance from my singer saying, why aren't you starting the next song right now? Wow. Yeah. So we'll be up on stage for an hour, sometimes 90 minutes at a time. Uh, Most of our sets are anywhere between 45 minutes and 90 minutes. And we'll be playing for three to four hours. And uh, it's just constant music the entire time. And even when he's, because depends on how many vodka cranberries you give my singer. uh, (laughs) He starts going off on telling stories. And he doesn't just tell stories while there's no music going on. Is that he'll have us jamming in the background, um, whatever. So, like, we'll be jamming on the background to, you know, a part of Fat Lip or a part of, you know, Ride With Me by Nelly. 
and then he'll just go on a story about I don't even know. So the songs that we do, just to give you an idea, is that we'll go from I'm just going to read off a uh, a playlist that I have here. Is we go from Snoop Dogg, Young Wild and Free to Six Seven Nine Fetty Wap. Uh, to stuff like Sugar, We're Going Down, Fallout Boy, to The Killers, um, my family's band, um, Shape of You, Ed Sheeran. <laughs> uh, we do Nelly. We've been doing a lot of Post Malone lately. So it's a lot of new stuff, as well as also a lot of old stuff like uh, The Who. So uh, We just learned a butt rock song uh, by Pearl Jam. Fuck yeah. Great butt rock song. It was... Uh, was it daughter? Ooh, great, great Pearl Jam song. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. So it, it sounds rocket. to me like you guys are bridging the gap now between. I I used to work in catering, so okay. I'd be at a lot of weddings. Yeah. See, so I saw a lot of wedding bands, and you know, it's all like you know, seventies, and you know, you'll hear a lot of Stevie Wonder right. very often. Yeah, stuff great like songs, that. Great stuff. But you you won't hear anything for. You know, somebody, let's say, who's getting married now at age, you know, 30 or something, which really isn't too far off from, you know, myself. I'm, I'm currently Pit 25. Pit. Right. And, you know, like what music they, do you they most likely have similar interests with, as I do. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of the songs like, yeah, it's cool. You, you can play an Otis Redding cover and all that. Like, you know, that's great for the, the parents and the grandparents. But right. like, and there's, what's there's really going to get the crowd going? Yeah, there's a hint of it where, like, in the back of your mind, you're like, oh, I love this oldie. Like, September. Yeah. September by Earth, Wind, and Fire. It's oh, one that, of my that song favorite. never fails. Never fails. But you're like, okay, can we get something else? Yeah. And, like, it's cool to hear that you guys are playing you know some 41 like that's something i would have never thought i'd hear at a wedding but it's something that's always you know in the back of our minds anybody age 25 to 35 yeah so the zoo plays uh really if you want to categorize into two different types of shows is that we play clubs and then we play corporate or wedding events so we'll say private events right Mm -hmm. is that we bring the club to the private event is that we bring you that feel is that it's not just a band it's an experience and it's it's a it's a party rock kind of band and as far as connecticut goes uh there's a lot of cover bands and there's a lot of great talent out there too um there's a lot of cover bands and a lot of great stuff but um not everybody knows how not every cover band knows how to get everybody up on the floor and dancing and partying and and doing that is that you really need to know how to read a crowd and that's a that's a really a special skill it's one thing to be able to to play music but then another thing to be able to perform and really engage an audience and that's something that i love working with the zoo and i would have to say is that out of all the bands that i have played with in my career so far is that i'm playing with some of the most talented people uh i have to date it fits you too i mean i i you know, yeah. a good, a good, a little, good little story is. I mean, when you came up and uh, shot the video for Spooky with us, I mean, that morning you were down in New York City playing the Jets pregame. Finished there, shot up to a media, oh, yeah. and we're in a music video later that day. I mean, you're just a hardworking drummer, and you're a really good drummer. 
But like the oh biggest God. thing too. Oh, about... was it? And I was and I was somewhere else in the morning before. Yeah. But like the, the biggest thing I was <laughs> even through oh, all of it. I played I played a casino. I played a casino the night before. I played a oh wow I played Where? a freaking casino Jersey? in Long no in Long Island, at um in Queens, Jamaica wow. Queens. It's uh yeah. Oh, there's wow. a casino in Jamaica Queens. Um, so we played there. We spent the night out in I think that's where we played. Maybe it's there. I don't know. It's definitely a casino. It was either that or um, Atlantic City. No, I think but it was Queens because you were telling it's like or like it's a casino, but it's not a casino you want to go to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. So that was definitely uh, the Long Island Queens. So we did that, and then we went to play uh, the Jets pregame show uh, at MetLife Stadium. So we were outside of MetLife as people were walking in, and um, we. You got but that was like a really early, <laughs> so it was like really late night, super early morning, and then uh, they didn't even give us tickets to the Damn. Jets game. Oh. What the fuck? <laughs> I mean, does I mean, it worked out really well. She came and shot a video in the afternoon, yeah. but like the real thing, I was going with that. <laughs> even after all of that, you weren't pissy. You weren't like, oh, I don't want to be here. You had a fucking smile through all of it, and that's one thing I've always loved about watching you. So you always just love playing your drums. I I love playing drums. I this it's it's a passion of mine. I I absolutely love it. So I can't help but just even on the toughest days is that um I still love what I do. And you know there's that whole cliche is that you know if you if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. <laughs> I call it bullshit. I call it bullshit on that one is that if you love what you do and do what you love, I should say, is you will work harder than you have ever worked in your entire life and you will feel satisfied at, at the end of the day even if you are running on two hours of sleep and you just played three shows in two days and a shot a music video and and you know you're borderline heat exhaustion and you're sweat through three different shirts and you had a wardrobe and you slept on the in the in your like in a shitty motel is that still at the end of the day you're still having a little conversation with yourself. You know, that little inner monologue is you're telling yourself is that today was a good day. I think we need, I think we need to get that. On a That's awesome. Somewhere. <laughs> you can right, quote gonna... me on that. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like doing a bunch of pushups. <laughs> <laughs> Just go for a night run. Maybe I run into a bear. <laughs> so, well, um, Carl, we are coming up on time. So the way usually these episodes work is, you know, we have this interview. And then at the end, I like to leave some time for the person that we're interviewing just to, you know, do any shout outs or fill us in on, you know, anything to expect. Um, you know, maybe you got some projects in the works that you want sure. to promote. Um, yeah, anything that, that comes to mind. And then at the end of the episode, we usually do like a beer of the week. I don't know if you drink or not, but um, yeah, we'll do like a shout out or whatever. Uh, just to keep sure. it fun. Okay. Yeah. So this is your time. Okay. Well, uh, so, I mean, because of the quarantine right now, it's hard to, to have a lot of stuff in the works. Uh, I don't have anything with the zoo showing uh, any shows lined up right now. We don't know when we're going to be back as well as, you know, I would probably say millions of other people in the music industry right now. And, uh, but that doesn't mean that yeah. I've stopped creating and that doesn't mean that I have stopped doing what I've been doing. So, um, 
what I have in the works right now is, um, sorry, the blender is going on up, upstairs and I'm wondering, <laughs> it distracted me. <laughs> so, um, Oh no, I left yeah. the blender on. So what I have going on right now is I'm trying to adapt my business because I, I teach drums and I teach music uh, to students. Uh, my business is called Killer Drums, um, killer-drums.com. If you want to go check that out, I'm doing all You're doing virtual, lessons. right? Right. Answer the question. And anybody affected by this, so I'm nice. throwing this out there, is that anybody whole pandemic thing is that if you've ever thought about wanting to do, to take drum lessons, or if you want to uh, and just pick my brain at all is just do a virtual lesson with me go to my website and, um let me and, and just you know shoot me a message it's like don't worry about like my normal that is that i i really want to music education which was already on the chopping block for everybody's budgets um so go there hit me up we could do a virtual lesson we can talk drums you want to know about drums or music whatever i know about it um so in the process of adapting my business i'm also starting up my my youtube uh so i'm starting to come out with a bunch of youtube online. uh i also have a line of merch out as well very nice merch i can attest yeah. <laughs> i bought one of the shirts i am that's it all i wear is just my stuff now killer drums killer drums llc um so you can find that great logo thank you many many more i actually have um i'm really excited about this one so this is anybody who's listening to this in the future which is now um <laughs> whoa <laughs> is i will have um a new logo out that's actually of my dog that is like this it's just this bet the the best picture of my dog just smiling happy and he's like in front of a snare drum and it says killer drums on it and it's, it's so perfect great. So I'm going to be coming out with a bunch of stuff, T-shirts, baseball awesome. tees, uh, long sleeves, sweatshirts, hoodies, anything you want, throw pillows, uh, shower curtains, bath mats, uh, mugs. Uh, <laughs> I'm actually doing We're going to talk off the air, too, about where you're doing your merch through because I like the idea of how you're doing yeah, it. Yeah, I'm doing back. We'll talk off air about that. Duffel bags, uh, a lot more. So got a lot of stuff in the works. I think I – think that's fantastic. Well, wow. you're, you're definitely keeping busy. And yeah. um, just to make sure I get this right, because we're going to mm-hmm. put it in the um, yeah. the text for the bio for this episode. Yeah, it's killer-drums.com. Yeah. Yeah, so killer, like my last okay, name. Cool. Last name. Perfect. K-I-L-L-E-R hyphen drums.com. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. We'll definitely throw it in there. Cool. And so, um, have you decided on a beer of the week? Like no what pressure. my favorite beer is or just. Yeah. Like, hell yeah. Oh yeah. Like one. <laughs> as many as you want. Right. Well, I would have to say <laughs> this one is of my America is, is Stella, but, uh, that's the, that's the kind of like the basic, the basic, the white girl or bearded white man. It's good. It's good. But I would have to say it's, it's that rich girl Heineken. Yeah. Uh, we're not. I would have to say Woodbury Brewing Company. Um, they had this one that Beerios. You stole it. Yep, that was it. I knew where you were going. Beerios was so good. I got so drunk off of that. It was so (laughs) delicious. (laughs) It hit. That hit hard. I liked that beer. 
Do you still do? Do you still do sound there at all? No, I don't have. Oh. Well, especially now, but um, yeah, with the zoo, I don't have time to to do sound anymore. With the zoo, I do uh, right. 100 to 120 shows. About that. It's every. It's every week. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, so that's why I'm like my weekends. I'm Oof. dying right now. My shows. I don't know what to do with myself. Yeah. I'm like. Yeah. Well, Will Ferrell from Talladega Nights, where I just don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> At any time of the day. <laughs> I'm also gonna add this in yeah. there because I love hockey and we're a pop punk band. Yeah. So I'm drinking a beer called Knuckle Puck IPA from 603 Brewery. For nuclear fruit. So oh. Knuckle Puck, if you're listening. Take us on tour, <laughs> please. I'm uh, I'm drinking a Hal's New York seltzer water, lime flavored. Hal's is good. I like Hal's. Yeah. Seltzer's great. Easy to get here in New York. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I'm also sitting in front of I think <laughs> six or seven different cans of Bang Energy right now. Mm, nice. Yeah, that's been my latest. That's, <laughs> oh, that's been my my my, shit. my, uh, my roommate is a distributor for them. And I have access to bang just any anytime I want it. It's a it's a dangerous thing. My drumming, like I've been calling them my drumming workouts, if have uh, have never been more energetic. <laughs> I'm looking down at my Apple Watch, and like in an hour, I burned 1,500 calories. Jesus, <laughs> that shit will make you yeah. see sounds and taste <laughs> colors. It's good stuff. That's the best analogy. I think. Bang, if you're out there, sponsor us. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I'll have like three a day. If like, and like if you're if you're if you're on us. the fence, <laughs> just know Red Bull does it, and you know they're still like number one in the yeah. game. So you know just what makes sense. Out there. Bang, but let's talk. um, well, hey guys, thank you, thank <laughs> yeah. you so much for having me. So yeah, I Carl. It. Oh. Uh, it's been a pleasure. It's been awesome getting like uh, you know a behind the scenes look at everything you do and you know what it's like to be a career musician and you know all the ups and downs of it, how kids, you know all the difficulties kids, that you face on a typical day, but then at the end of the day how it's bad. Live out your dreams. Do <laughs> no, you can do that. Just get find a different dream. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually pretty funny you said that. I was listening not to get out of a whole other thing. Please. I was listening to an Ernie Ball podcast with with Drug Church and he's like. What would you do if you could do if you go back and do music again? Would you do? He's like, uh, <laughs> probably not. <laughs> you should have just, you should have just left it with, uh, try to be like a lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, uh, probably not. <laughs> yeah. But really appreciate you having you on, man. It's been awesome talking to you. You know, finding out from the source, uh, you know, who put down those awesome drums on the first uh, yeah, EP that you, we I made. Mean, thank, I was so appreciative of doing that and uh, really um, grateful for you guys having me on, on t- uh, tonight as well. Tonight, today, whatever time it is. We're grateful for you all days, every day, yes. Carl. Of, co- <laughs> of course, dude. Right, you well, guys thank you very much. Be Have safe, a good night. Be well. Later, yeah. boys. Stay six feet, oh, six feet yes. away from each other. Yeah, wear masks. And remember, <laughs> remember, Facts. Carl, you're the shit, not shit. I, I am shit. Got it. <laughs> remember. <laughs> Full circle on that story. Wow. Yeah, I tried my best. Always foreshadowing. <laughs> wow. Well, right, take care.
in this sense of elation You know what we came here to do and so, I hope we can start a fire tonight We'll start with a match Gasoline, without you here Nothing left to do but to burn it Strike the man!